What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Hashtag Ask TV. Hope you guys enjoy this show. Lots of nutrition questions. We had one question that we had various opinions on, but I think you guys will like mine better. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy the show. Welcome to the Live Lean TV podcast. My name is Brad Guthrow, and we're on a journey to show people how to live lean 365 days a year while enjoying what you love. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's get the show started. Yes, yes. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Hashtag Ask Live Lean TV audio podcast. Thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 61. And actually, this is our second audio only yep. version of the show. We used to do this show on YouTube and as an audio podcast, but now we switched to audio only so that you can take some action towards your health and fitness goals while you're soaking up this information. So do your meal prep, go to the gym, go for a relaxing walk or do something so you can multitask. And uh, if you guys want to get your questions answered on the show, use hashtag AskLiveLeanTV and put that on social media and tag us at TV on Twitter, on Instagram, Facebook, wherever you guys want to post it, we'll find it. We'll answer your question on the show. And before we get into the questions, um, we really encourage you guys to uh, obviously subscribe to this podcast. We really want to grow the podcast side of our business and go over to uh, iTunes or whichever way you're listening to the podcast and leave us a review and rating. So I just want to read a recent review we just got um, from Groovy Old Lady 2 says, my go-to fitness podcast, Brad and Jeff are amazing they live it and they teach it clean healthy diet practices and exercise programs for everyone so thank you so much groovy old lady too um so get over there leave us a review on itunes or on stitcher or wherever and we may share your customer or your uh, review yeah thank you guys so much all these reviews are so awesome and we are very honored and appreciative to have five star a five star review on iTunes so far. So keep up the good work, guys. Let's get to your questions. Okay. First question on Twitter from at Rake Lissy says, hi guys, I don't have much time to spend at the gym. Do you have 30 minute workout programs? I want to burn fat and get toned. Um, so yeah, definitely. We have a lot of short time workouts. If you haven't checked out Live Lean 15, that's the first one that comes to mind for people who are on a time crunch because these workouts are actually only 15 minutes long. So, um, and you know, the other thing is you don't even have to go to the gym to use these. You can use them at home. So then you're saving time on the to and from as well. So um, if your goal is to burn fat and get toned, definitely Live Lean 15 is right up your alley. Yeah, and you mentioned that you want a 30-minute workout, so you just do two of those workouts back-to-back, which would give you 30 minutes. Uh, we also have some quick workouts on our TeamLiveLean.com group coaching site. They get a new training program every month. So um, if you only have 30 minutes, you could um, reduce the amount of sets to work that into it. Um, but we have lots of stuff. So what I do recommend you do is go over to LiveLeanTV.com com forward slash quiz and you can take a quick four question quiz and we will direct you to the best program based on your goals you know what's the other thing about saving time and making sure that you're in and out of your workout quickly i find is to 
um, look at and kind of study your workout program before you go in. That way you don't spend a bunch of minutes just looking at what am I supposed to do. So just take, you know, some time maybe the night before or, you know, on Sunday or something looking over your workout plan and kind of understanding it so that you don't have to like figure it out while you're there. Then you just go in the gym, you do what you need to do and you get out. And surprisingly, 30 minutes is a lot of time if you're really focused and you're just working that whole time. 30 minutes is plenty. So almost all of our workouts can be accomplished within that time frame. If you were to work really efficiently and reduce the rest periods and not waste time like looking up what I'm supposed to do next. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's up for the next question? Okay, this one comes from Mistral2 on Twitter says, 5'3", 36-year-old female, I lift heavy 30 to 45 minutes five times a week. How many cows to maintain if at ideal weight for that height? Okay, awesome job lifting heavy. I like to hear that. And five times a week, that's good cadence for your workouts. How many calories to maintain? Um, so we, I have a video on YouTube, or you can go look look it up on our blog at liveleantv.com. It's a video called How Many Calories Should I Eat? I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. And I go through step-by-step. Step, I do a, a step-by-step example in there um, to show you how to calculate how many calories you need based on your current situation, based on your goals, and based on you know your activity level. So there is a formula that you can come up with. Um, I tell you to go there rather than me try to explain it here on a podcast. It's easier mm-hmm. and, and uh, easier to visualize it and read it on the blog or go watch the video. Yeah, he shows step-by-step process where he gets on a whiteboard and shows you the math equations to do. So yeah, we can't just like pop out the number for you. It depends on you know which activity factor you're gonna choose and, and some other different factors. And I do recommend that every everyone go to that video and do the math to actually figure out what your number is at that activity level. And then also, you know, um, tweak that number a little bit, see what your calorie level would be if you did less activity. What if you did more activity, you know, kind of get a sense of what the range of the right amount of calories is. And I bet you, most of you, especially the females will be surprised that you probably in the past or even currently are under eating for what you need to be eating to build and maintain lean muscle. It's surprisingly is probably more than some of you guys are eating right now. So Yeah. yeah, to get lean is not necessarily to starve yourself. It's to eat based on your activity level. So if you're in the gym lifting heavy like you say you are, you need to be eating enough calories to actually uh, build muscle, repair your muscle, and keep your metabolism on fire. So I do highly recommend you go over and check out that video. Yeah, and what's really weird is if you are training intensely like that and then you're under eating, your body will kind of uh, rebel against you and hold on to stubborn fat. Whereas if you eat the right amount and then you start getting into fat burning mode. So I know it's counterintuitive to think eat more to lose fat, but it's true. It's been true for me. It's been true for all of our clients. And it's just one of those things you got to, you know, get your head around. Yep. Okay. Next question on, I think this might be on YouTube from Lily Boland says, Hey, Brad and Jess, a question about soy. I'm Chinese and currently live in New Zealand. I'm getting contradictive information about soy between where I grew up and where I now live and U.S. sources. In China, the healthy eating living organizations always recommend a serving of soy or soy-based products every day. I know this is true in Japan as well. In New Zealand, there seems to be some pros and cons presented for eating soy, but I've asked around and people seem to neither love it or avoid it altogether. I'm wondering why U.S. sources basically determine soy as a quote unquote devil food could it be gmo or the environmental effect growing soy has yeah that was actually my first 
go-to answer was probably going to be that it's, uh, you know, I think it's the way that it's farmed here, unfortunately, and also the way that it's processed. It's kind of been abused, used and abused as a cheap source of protein. And so I think, um, you know, in America, it's a processed food. Like we don't just eat soy. Well, I guess edamame is like a version of eating soy unprocessed, but um, yeah, like the way it's made i think is is the reason it's become like a double food yeah we've talked a lot about soy on various podcasts on various blog posts so um without getting too much into it again because it may be repetitive for a lot of people i'd recommend you go to our website again liveleantv.com and just search in the search bar soy and we give you reasons in there why we don't personally eat soy um the reasons that you mentioned in this is right the you know the gmo it's a low quality source of calories there's better sources of protein out there um so I would just, you know, and there is some some information out there floating around that can have some hormonal issues on the body for both males and females. Mm-hmm. So um, I would say do your own research, test it on your own body. But for myself and for yeah, Jessica, for we just do not have soy in our diet. But it's weird because I can't say from personal experience that I had any negative side effects from eating soy. But then again, I just never really ate a lot of it. So I think for me, it's just... I don't find it necessary and there's other foods I'd rather eat instead. So that's the only reason I don't include it in my diet is because I have no reason reason to include it. So maybe ask yourself that. Is it something that you really enjoy? Do you have a good reason why you want to include it? Because, you know, it's probably not going to kill you. But if you're not enjoying the results you're currently seeing with it in your diet, then it could be grounds for removing it. Okay, next question. Okay, this one comes from Jonah Gent on Twitter, should I eat the same calories on workout day as rest days? Okay, great question. So I personally, you know, I'm in maintenance mode right now, so I'm not necessarily looking to build muscle. I'm not necessarily looking to lose fat. I'm more in, how can I put my positioning right now? I'm more in of a health standpoint where I'm trying to improve my flexibility, my mobility. Um, So I'm training some so, I'm doing some sort of training every single day. So I don't typically have rest days, what, what I would say. But if I was in like a hypertrophy training and muscle building and I do have rest days, or if I was trying to lose fat, I would lower calories on your rest days because your body's not as active. You don't need as many calories to help repair and grow um, muscles or to you know replenish your glycogen levels. So depending on how many days you're working out and how many days you're not, I would try to get your calories right around the same as the amount of calories that you're burning. But depending on your goals, if you're looking to build muscle, you obviously need to have more calories in your diet. If you're looking to lose weight or lose fat, you need to have less calories. So it really depends on what your goal is. Um, But there's, yeah, you could do either. I definitely think for people who are looking for change, i.e. transformation, you're not happy with your current size or composition or whatever you want your body to change, I think those people need to look a little more closely into their diet and maybe figure out what your overall averages so if you take seven days and say let's just for example say you eat 2,000 calories a day monday through friday but then on the weekends you track and you find out you're eating 3,000 calories that puts your daily average way up Mm -hmm. so i would take a look at that because that can be one of those sneaky reasons why people's body doesn't change or why they don't lose weight or why they don't put muscle on or something is because their average is skewed by a couple of days that are really off. So that's my answer for you, I guess, or I would ask you to dive further. Are you looking for change? And if you're looking for change, I would be a little bit more particular and 
you know, dive into it a little deeper to find out what your average is. If you're not looking for a change, then you can just go a little more intuitively. And like Brad said, you know, a little more on the workout days, a little less on the rest days is fine. Yeah. So when I was going through my changes back in my, during my journey, I would have less on non-training days. And a lot of that, a lot of those calories would come from that I would reduce would come from carbohydrates. So since your body does not need as much of that quick, fast energy, during the non-training days, I would back off on those, keep protein and fat right around the same. So, you know, yeah. just, just reduce your calories, but take them from the right macronutrient. But, you know, again, if you're not seeing the results you want, then, uh, you know, change your methodology. Okay, next question on Twitter from at the Dibstar says, Water, can you explain why and what are the benefits for weight loss? Um, so, water... <laughs> Uh, why is water beneficial for weight loss? It has a lot to do with um, the way that your organs are functioning better when, when you're hydrated. So when your body's dehydrated, um, you know, your liver isn't going to function as well and, and you're not going to move uh, waste through your body as easily. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but you can get backed up if you're dehydrated. Um, you also just aren't going to feel as good, so you're probably not going to have as good of workouts. Um, you're not going to be as motivated to be active. Um, there's a lot of things that are not going to feel right when you're dehydrated. So. Yeah, and you know your body, depending on what source you're listening to, is made up between 60 and 70% of water. And your performance in the gym, if you're not hydrated properly, your performance is not going to be as good. So you're not going to be burning as many calories. You're not going to be tearing those microfibers and you know, building them back up more. And you know the other thing with water is the more water you drink, the less water you store. So when mm -hmm. I say that is like... You won't it, feel as bloated. Yeah. So when you have uh, a diet that's higher in carbohydrates, you're going to be storing more water because carbohydrates store water in your cells. But when you actually drink a lot of water, you're flushing a lot of that water out and you're actually going to feel leaner. Um, you're going to be probably a little bit leaner on the scale as well. So there's a lot of different benefits, but... It, don't think of drinking a lot of water for weight loss. Like think about drinking water for health. health yeah, like that's exactly. the, that's what we're when you're healthy. You'll lose weight when yeah. you're healthy and your body's operating properly and all the, it's all functioning properly. You know, the weight will fall off. So, um, water is great to lose to, for, for weight loss, but think of it more as a holistic thing. Think of it as overall health. You know, what's the other huge thing with water? And I know this is hugely helpful for me is that it helps fill your belly up. So you don't eat as much, you know, like I'll feel less hungry. If I drink a lot of water in between meals, I don't feel the need to snack as much as if I don't drink enough water. So if you wake up first thing in the morning and you just chug a bunch of water, then you're likely to not need as big of a breakfast and then drink more water between breakfast and lunch. And you can reduce the size of your meals a little bit more. So it really helps you keep your calories in check more naturally. So I do think there's several reasons why water is beneficial for weight loss, but I think those are the biggest things is you're hydrated, you're healthier, and it curbs your appetite. All right. So our next question is from Angela D says, best workout for someone who has lost weight, but still morbidly obese. I want to honor my why. 45 year old, 5'5", and 250 pounds. Okay. Uh, Angela, hopefully you're pronouncing that right. Uh, I th yeah, I think that's how it's said. So first of all, congrats on losing weight. I know it's a tough, tough journey. 
for a lot of people, um, especially, you know, you classify yourself that you're still morbidly obese. So, you know, just getting that momentum going like you are, let's keep that going. So to answer your question, best workouts for someone like that, I would say what, so I would ask you, what did you do in the first place to begin losing that weight? So I would say continue to do that, but let's just increase the intensity a little bit. So usually for people who are morbidly obese, um, I, you know, I'm not going to go slam a bunch of weights on their body because their body's not moving properly. They probably don't have the, the best mobility. I would say, you know, just go for more walks, increase the intensity of the walk. So go and you can do interval training with walking as well. Like a lot of people don't realize this. They think interval training, like HIIT workouts, you need to be in really good shape to do them. Well, HIIT workouts are all relative to your current training level. So for instance, if you lost the first little bit of weight because you just started incorporating more walking, so how about we take that 30 minute walk that you're doing and you know walk for four minutes, you know your normal pace, and then for 20 seconds, let's just either go for a little jog or just increase the speed that you're walking. So just you know drive your arms a little bit more, move your feet a little bit faster, your heart rate's gonna elevate. And then when you take another four minute low intensity walk, you just go back to your normal walk. That's gonna help you burn more fat. It's probably gonna help you increase the, um, the fat loss effect that you're going through. Um, so I would say just continue with what you're doing, but try to find ways to just increase the intensity a little bit to keep it progressing. Absolutely. And if you haven't tried like circuit training or using any of our team live lean workouts or really any of our workout programs, but just backing the intensity down a little bit, maybe for weighted exercises, just don't use the weight, just go through the motions, you know, do anything that you can to get yourself in the habit of living lean. Like we always talk about living lean as a habit. So it's a habit of constantly improving, constantly switching up your workout routine, trying new things, teaching your bodies, uh, or teaching your body to do new exercises. So um, if you're not subscribed already to our YouTube channel, the Live Lean TV Daily Exercises, that would be a good one for you to just start one exercise a day. We publish one exercise a day. You could try that exercise with no weight or a little bit of weight and you just get yourself used to doing one exercise a day. And before you know it, you'll be like ready to hit the gym and like in a lot better shape. So yeah, I, I so I think though in the beginning, if you do classify yourself as, you know, morbidly obese, like you mentioned, just it's just moving mm -hmm. like it's not necessarily getting in for a gym membership and doing all that like that will come you will mm -hmm. get to that point but in the beginning we just need to get the momentum going so rather than just sitting in the house all day like watching tv like get up and just go for a 20 minute walk then the next day go for a 22 minute walk mm -hmm. a 24 minute walk the next day just keep progressing in those slow little improvements over time is going to get you to the point when you're like okay i now feel good i now feel like i need to add a little bit more in. So let's go to the gym. Let's lift some weights. Let's do some body weight stuff. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in the beginning, when I talk about, um, when I talk to people who, you know, have a lot and a lot of weight to lose, it's just doing the simple things like walking. One thing I would caution you to watch out for though, is don't always think of more as like more duration. So try to think in terms of intensity. So like Brad was saying, if you get that 20 minute walk up to 24 minutes, then you don't want it to go up to a thousand minutes. You know what I mean? You need to, at a certain point, instead of making it longer duration, think about greater intensity. So your workouts don't have to take you all day, you know, and as you get in better shape, you'll be able to do higher intensity in less time. 
Okay, so hopefully that answers your question. We'll go on to the next one from Lift Vegan. Says, love you guys. Two questions. Oops. <laughs> what education degrees certification do you have? And question two is when you were younger, what other jobs did you guys think of becoming besides fitness idols? Yeah. <laughs> That's cute. Fitness idols. It's funny because <laughs> we just talked about that the other day. We were talking about like what – because I was saying a little while ago on one of my uh, vlogs – I was talking about getting back into meditation. I'm kind of going on a little tangent, which isn't your question, but I'll, I'll bring it back to it. Tell us a story. Brad. Yeah, I'll tell, I'm a storyteller. So, um, you know, I, I was talking about getting back into meditation after a while because um, I got away from it for a while. But when I was on my journey of figuring out what did I want to do with my life, I always knew I had a greater calling than just being, and not that I'm knocking people up nine to five jobs, but I just personally felt that that wasn't what was in the cards for me. Like that's not what I was intended to do. So for me to go through that, I got into meditation and just that opened up this whole new world for me for what I was truly passionate about. And that's how I stumbled upon fitness. And um, I was just thinking like, what is it that I love to do? And I was during that time, I was going through my own journey trying to improve my self-confidence, and I did that through the gym. So it was funny that I was uh, we, Jessica and I were talking about what were the things as a kid growing up that I enjoyed doing, and it always had something to do with sports. So for myself, I wanted to be, in the first place, I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. Well, I wanted to be an athlete first, like play a professional sport, but that wasn't in the cards for me. I, after a little while, I figured that one out. <laughs> so then I was like, okay, I'll be a sports broadcaster. And then I remember going to the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto and I did a play-by-play -play and I was brutal. <laughs> I was terrible. I couldn't call a play for whatever. So I, that dream passed. And then I was like, it's sports journalism. I didn't like English class, so I didn't like that side of it. So I went into marketing. And, you know, I did marketing for eight years. It was okay, but it just wasn't my passion. So that's when I got into fitness. Um, so I went ahead and got my certification. So personal training, did nutrition and wellness certifications. Then I started taking on clients, you know, and then fast forward, here we are today. So Jessica, I think has about the same. Well, yeah, I also have several different like certification specializations, like fitness nutrition specialist, prenatal specialist, different things like that. Um, but okay. So when I was younger, yeah, I have a similar story to you, but something that might surprise our listeners. I don't know if you guys already know this or not, but I was a cosmetologist <laughs> before I got into fitness. I actually went to New York city and I had this dream of becoming like this, um, backstage like hair and makeup artists like I really wanted to work on fashion shows like Victoria's Secret models and stuff like curling hair and like <laughs> applying makeup like I was really into that for a little bit but that was kind of like a pivotal thing because I, I was a personal trainer before that. When I was 18, I became a personal trainer. It was my brother's suggestion because I had no idea what to do with my life. And I was working at a dry cleaners <laughs> and I hated my job and I would come home and complain to my brother about it. And he'd be like, well, he was already a personal trainer. He's like, you like sports because I was really into sports in high school. And he's like, why don't you become a personal trainer? And I was like, I don't even know how to do that, but I'll give it a shot. So I got certified and I had my first job when I was 18. But then everything changed. I don't want to get into the story, but I'll just let you guys know that everything changed when I was 19 and I pivoted completely. So I did something wildly different, but I came back to fitness because it's what made me feel really good. And I think it's important to listen to what makes you feel really good. Because that's how you know when you're 
they call it being in the flow, Mm -hmm. you know, when you have the feels. (laughs) I like to call it the feels. So fitness gave me the feels. And even though it was really hard for me and I struggled a lot, especially in the beginning, because it's hard to make a living in the fitness industry. Like, especially if you're just focusing on personal training, you only have so many hours in the day. Clients are always hard to tie down. You know, you get a good group of clients and the next thing you know, three of them are sick and two are on vacation. And it's just hard to stay afloat as a trainer. So getting into the internet fitness business was really my next big passion. And I am I feel fortunate that I discovered Brad and we <laughs> built all this together. So that was a long story to your good questions. But thank you for answering those or asking those. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next question on Snapchat from Yanelli370Diva. Says, hi, guys. Thanks for everything. At what hour should you stop eating? I'm 160 pounds, five foot eight. Should I do ab exercises for weight loss? <laughs> okay, so you should definitely stop eating when you're full or when you've reached your macronutrient needs, which I know can sometimes be two different occasions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you are unfamiliar with you know macros and calories and everything, I would recommend giving yourself a little education and figuring out how many calories do you even need per day and what foods provide that amount of calories and basically getting yourself on a meal plan to discover how much food is enough for you for one day. It's a really good education. Um, So then you'll know when to stop eating without question. And then, you know, if you feel overly full, then work yourself up to it. And if you still feel hungry, then you may have to train your appetite back down. Um, But Okay, so you're 165.8. Should you do ab exercises? I do think everybody should do some ab exercises. There's no reason you shouldn't do ab exercises, at least to make your abs strong. Whether or not you want them to show, I do think everyone should do some. Well, she says, should I do them for weight loss, which I would say no. For weight loss, no. Yeah. Abs are such a small muscle group. They're really not going to have much metabolic impact on you. There's certain exercises that you should be focusing on for weight loss. Ab training is not one of them. If you think about how much your body moves, so um, like the joints, how far are you moving during the exercise? How much weight can you add to that exercise? That's what's going to burn more calories. So think of a squat from point A to point B. How far are you moving? How much weight can you actually lift during that? That's going to depend on, or that's going to be a big contributor to how many calories you're burning. So and that's it gets your heart rate up. Well, then that's increasing your heart rate, which is then burning more calories. So squats, deadlifts, presses, lunges, lunges jumps, pull-ups. Yeah, those ups, are the yeah. exercises that burn the most calories. That's why we always have people doing those exercises in our fat loss programs. Mm-hmm. Ab exercises should be incorporated once you have low enough body fat and then you're looking to kind of detail, sculpt and uh, get some get get a little more detail into your ab your abdominal region so i would say don't spend your time on ab exercises at your current level work on like those exercises that we talked about but most importantly get on a program so Mm -hmm. we have programs especially for people like you that are looking to lose weight so just like we said before go to livelingtv.com forward slash quiz and that will tell you the program that's perfect for your goal I include ab exercises in my formula for women program, like even in the first phase, because I do think it's important for you to have a strong core to, you know, go along with the rest of your training. So yeah, I wouldn't have you do like a whole day of ab training, but I work it into the program along with things like squats, lunges, and et cetera. So I would recommend trying something like that. Yeah, but a lot of people don't realize that core engagement and core strength, it's one of the highest... Um, how should I put the like squats and deadlifts engage the core more than your traditional crunches. Mm, right. So if 
core training and core strengthening um, is important, which very is important regardless of what what your goal is, you're getting those from those other exercises. Yeah, and if you're asking this because you hold most of the fat in your belly, that's normal. Like we get that question a lot. Like if you have belly fat, should I do crunches? Mm. Um, The answer is no. Regardless of where your body fat is distributed, it comes down to fat loss. And what's going to help you lose fat is like the exercises Brad already mentioned. So don't just do ab exercises only. And it doesn't matter if it's because you have belly fat or not. If you have fat anywhere on your body, ab exercises are not the answer. Okay, next question on Instagram from David Fuses. Uh, hopefully I pronounced that right. What would the ideal interval ratios for doing hit? One minute on, one minute off, two on, one off, etc. I wasn't going to list every possible time combinations, but from your experience, what is the best combination of intense exercise and rest during the workout? <laughs> I love that. Um, well, David, you're probably familiar with Tabata's, which is a 2010 formula. So I like that a lot because it's that's essentially two on for every one off. So um, I think a two to one is good when it's short like that. Um, And it's also, that's going to be more high intensity than like a one to one ratio. So it just kind of depends. It's not like one is better than the other. Um, What what do you think? I'm going to take it a different approach. Hmm. I prefer, it depends. Like everything we always say, (laughs) it depends on you. It depends on your fitness level. What is a high interval versus a low interval for me from a time duration standpoint is different than you. It depends on your fitness level. So for instance, the way I always do it and what I always recommend people do is via heart rate monitor. So what, how much time does it take to get you up into that high interval range, which is right around 80% of your max heart rate? And then how much time does it take for you to get down into your low interval range, which is then about 60% of your max heart rate? So then once, if you're tracking that on heart rate monitor, then you can know. Or another way, if you don't have a heart rate monitor, you sh- in a high interval range, you shouldn't be able to have a conversation with somebody. And then once you get into the low interval range where you can actually carry a conversation with somebody, then you're ready to go again. So rather than basing it off of a time, I would try to focus more on your own individual heart rate. Yeah, me personally, my favorites to use are 30-30, 20-10, and occasionally I use 40-20s. So I guess that would always be either one-to-one or two-to-one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, David, but I would say just experiment with things and see how it works on you because I know it's probably, I have a different experience than well, other people would. Because so. you have a very good fitness level. Like you're at well, a higher I've worked fitness. up to it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I think when I was first starting out, I mean... Like, I know 2010 can be just brutal for some people when they're first starting. Because 10 seconds, like, seriously, is not even hardly no. a rest period. And, yeah. and your heart rate is still up in the high interval zone yeah. when, when you're going again. So it's not really HIIT training. HIIT training is allowing your heart to go up and then it's allowing it to go back down again. But a lot of beginners who do HIIT training, they're not giving themselves enough time to allow their heart rate to come back down. So they're just staying up at this really high level and they're not able to perform the exercises with as much intensity the second time or third time around. They're probably doing poor form because mm-hmm. they're not they're, they're winded and they can't finish it. So like I said, I base my HIIT workouts off of heart rate because mm-hmm. that's just – that's the scientific way to do HIIT training is through heart rate. It's not about time because time is different to everybody based on your fitness level. That's a really good point. And that's really unfortunate when a HIIT workout becomes super sloppy, sloppy. just because you're trying to stick to short rests. Yeah. So yeah, just do some experiments with it. And I would love to know, I know, um, you know, you'll post something on Facebook, hopefully in our group or on Instagram about 
how, you know, your experiences with different interval ratios, you know, because we know it's different for everyone. So I'd love to hear from you. Okay, this one is from Karen Smith 9999 on Snapchat. Says, how would you overcome social anxiety? Okay. I like I like this because it's a different question than fitness and Yeah, not not really fitness related, yeah, but, but that's just good. life related. No, but mm-hmm. that's good because, you know, we've answered we're on show number 61 right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. We answer maybe 10 to 20 questions a show, so if you do the math on that, we've answered a lot. Of questions and only a small percentage of those are more personal or outside of the fitness and health realm and i pref- not that i prefer but i love <laughs> getting these kind of questions to, you tired of talking about fitness just to, well it's just you know i'm more than just a fitness guy i like to think that i have <laughs> yeah. life experiences that it is a little bit more yeah. than just fitness is a part of our life and part, not our whole life yes it's yeah. a part of our life so how would you overcome social anxiety so i mean that's such a tough question to answer now that i just prefaced all that with that yeah but um you know i'd have to understand you know what social anxiety are you referring to like is there something in your like it's more of a psychological thing like why are you having that anxiety? Like what is the experience in your past that has made you like this? Like, so I can't give you advice based on just that one liner. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I don't know if you have like it, it really you just have to get to the, to, to the crux of the issue. Like why is it that you're, you're uncomfortable in social situations? Is it something that was in your upbringing? Is it something from your past experiences? You kind of have to dig a little bit deeper. I wish I could give you a little more insight than that, but I don't have it. And Karen, I would love if you would do a follow-up, if you don't mind, um, ask another question using hashtag AskLivelingTV and just be a little bit more specific about what you're anxious about. Um, if it is in regards to fitness, which it might be, is about eating healthy foods or staying on your workout schedule when other people are around and they don't, you know, they don't have the same goals as you or they don't understand it. I know that I dealt with that. I had social anxiety about like going out drinking or like just even going to weddings or going to parties or just being in social situations when fitness is a high priority goal for you yeah. and it's not for other people. I know you had that too. No, right? that's a great point. Like if yeah. that's what you're referring to, then yeah. I mean, I, when I was on my journey, none of my friends were into fitness at the yeah, time and exactly. they, I was made fun of. Like I yeah. was, you know, I'd, I'd go to the party, like I'd be invited to a party, I'd go there you know, I would, I had pretty good balance, but at some point in the, my early beginning, I tried to be perfect. And I mm-hmm. learned that that's not what you're supposed to do. Right. Fitness is not about being perfect hundred percent of the time. Right. Exactly. Um, so, so once I figured that out, you know, I had a, a drink in here and there, but to my friends, it just wasn't enough. Like they just kept poking and prodding. And there was a lot of that, you know, peer pressure, even though I was yeah. 25, they were still living through peer pressure times. Um, so eventually what happened, you know, I'll be hundred percent honest is, without really doing it on purpose, I just distanced myself from that group of friends. And it's not that that group of friends were bad people. They were great people. I grew up with them. Like we had a long-term relationships, like since grade school, since playing sports and stuff together. But just, I just distanced myself without even thinking about it. And then I had this little one here come into my life and she, (laughs) me, yeah. And she, took me away from that environment because I moved away and started something new and well and you just fostered a new group of friends and you have like new people around you that do have the same goals and do have the same understandings that fitness isn't about perfection and it isn't like you know you don't have to 
completely act like a social weirdo. Like mm-hmm. you can still go out and enjoy yourself and, and maintain your fitness. So that's really what Living Lean 365 is all about. And you know what's funny is like, I don't know if you guys know this, but when Brad and I first met, <laughs> like I even had a little anxiety about what he might think of me if I drank a beer or if I you know, ate something other than a chicken salad. You know what I mean? So when we went out to eat that first time, I was like a little nervous, you know? Well, I, I remember <laughs> we went out to eat and you, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. You, you ordered a beer and I was like, okay, this chick is cool. Yeah. And then like after I ordered one, he ordered one. I was like, oh, this guy's cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, it's very interesting. And you know, the things it that is. you learn along your journey, you know, if I had to give advice, if your social anxiety is because you're trying to be perfect, then I would say, you know, you're on a journey. Perfection is not the goal here. It's just progress. Absolutely. And I think that you can um, find ways to overcome it just mentally because you have to know that a lot of the anxiety is being created by yourself. Like a lot of the things you're stressing about are things that you think other people have a problem about you, but they really don't. You know, sometimes you think everyone's judging you and it's really just in your own head. You're judging yourself and you're being too hard on yourself. And one of the things I always like to remember is like, would your best friend say that to you? The things that you're saying to yourself in your head? Like, would your best friend tell you that you can't have a beer or you can't or your butt looks fat or all these things that you say in your own head? Like, if your best friend wouldn't say it to you, then you shouldn't either because you need to become your best friend. It's self-love, you know, and self-love is going to get you a lot farther with living lean than self-hatred will. So just focus on the positive. Treat yourself like you are your own best friend. And I think that is going to help you get over those weird feelings about hanging out with others. All right. Next question from Snapchat. Um, This is a long one. I'll try to summarize it. Uh, Personal question I wanted to say, lately I haven't gotten my period and it's about to be like two months. I'm 17 years old, about 160. I'm five foot eight. I just worry because I haven't gotten my cycle and I've always been consistent and I'm on my way to lose weight. I want to be lean and I don't know if it's because maybe I'm doing one hour of cardio, mostly intense workouts, and I take about one rest day and my calorie intake is 13 to 1500 calories, but there are some days I don't eat 1500, but I still feel like I'm doing good. Can you guys please help? Forgot to add, I sprained my ankle a little and it's not bad, but it just hurts a little. <laughs> okay. Not that I'm laughing at your sprained ankle. Yeah. It's just like, it was funny how you added that at the very end where yeah. it had nothing, nothing to do with your original question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So, you know, I know this question, we've had it for a little bit, a little while. You asked it back in the end of May. So hopefully you've had your period and everything's resolved since then. But I will, you know, address this question for anyone else who is in that same scenario, because I personally lost my period back when I first was like super obsessed with fitness when I was in my early 20s. And I was working out for several hours a day every day and intensely, like just doing as much as I could as often as possible and like not eating enough. So yes, this is definitely a common thing with female athletes. Um, When you are overactive, it can stress your hormones so much in a way that you actually lose your natural cycle. So I do recommend for you to back off a little bit. I know you said you're only eating like 13 um, to 1500 calories. That might not be enough food for you because you... um, Well, she's 17 years old. Yeah, but she's 160 and 5'8". So for that size of a female, I think that is just not enough food for you. 
So I would definitely recommend that you increase your calories. Do the math like we already recommended following that video step-by-step -step guide from Brad where he goes through how many calories you do need to be eating. Find out what your real maintenance calories are with your activity level and then compare that to what you've been eating and you'll probably find that you're definitely under eating. And uh, so the solution for me was to learn to eat the right amount and reduce my exercise to a good healthy level rather than like overdoing it level. And that should get you your period back right there. Okay, next question. Snapchat from Corinne Demare says, do you count veggies in your macros and what would be some free foods we don't have to dial in? Mm -hmm. Oh, perfect. We have yeah. a video showing exactly this answer. So I did one back in, I think it was last year, about free foods. So if you search our YouTube channel, Live Lean TV, for free foods, you'll get, there's actually a few videos on free foods, right? That video got picked up in yeah. the UK. On, <laughs> yeah. It was like profiled on a TV show too. Yeah, it was really funny. There was a show in the UK and they like were testing our putting side by side a couple of, I think it was four different YouTubers who YouTubers who had various opinions about free foods, whether they were free or not. And then they did like scientific testing to find out if this was like nonsense or if it was a real thing. And I think I was the only one out of three who said like free foods are free. Like yeah. basically that, you know, the calories don't count. And they were like, oh, actually scientifically that's right. And I was like, ooh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so to answer your question, veggies, we count as free foods, you know, like they're high in fiber, they're low calories the body you know it your body that when your body is digesting food like it's burning calories as well like that's why they're kind of it takes energy to yeah. burn food so um yeah. so those when we talk about veggies so that doesn't include sweet potatoes um and you know regular potatoes like starchy type vegetables we do count those calories and of course we do count calories from fruit as well yeah, so certain veggies are like sweet and starchy, things like carrots, you know, so those do need to be counted towards calories, but something like celery or cucumbers, you know, that are really watery, fibrous ones. Yeah, to me, carrots are kind of... I know they're borderline, right? Yeah. Because we kind of still use them freely. But... During my journey, I, I did not count cal calories from carrots. But if you were going to have like a plate full of carrots, then you made a second... Who, who like, eats I know who does that, right? Come but on. I'm just telling you guys, like if you're going to have like a pound of carrots, <laughs> <laughs> then you would count them. But if it's just like a sprinkle on your salad, then it's all good. Yeah. Okay. Let's keep moving on. We have three more questions and I'll ask you this one again. I it's another long one. And I'll try to summarize it. It's from Fallen Angel on Snapchat. It says, I'm having a really hard time hitting my macros every day, especially with getting my carbs and protein. That's interesting. Most people yeah. are easily get their carbs in. Yeah. I'm currently on a 50 fat, 30 protein, 20 carbs setup right now. Yeah. I I do have an appointment with a nutritionist at the end of this month. I'm just scared that they'll try to put me on a higher carb, lower fat plan. With me being insulin resistant, I know that's not a good idea. I also plan on purchasing the monthly Live Lean plans. Uh, when I started my Live Lean journey, I weighed 300. I'm now 255. Great job. I don't want to lose my will and forget my why. I'm always trying to be eternally grateful for you and Jess. I truly believe that you both have helped me decide to save my life and not commit slow suicide by eating myself to death. Wow. Yeah. I will never be able to repay you for all you have done for me. Wow. Well, that's th incredible. Thank yeah. you so much. That means so much to us. I mean, um, you know, we're just over here trying to help put out the good word on nutrition. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a lot of information out there, a lot of conflicting information. You know, we feel like what we share is 
you know, it's suitable for everybody. Everybody can do it. It's not an extreme here. It's not an extreme there. It's, you know, it's just good information on health. So I'm glad that you're taking that uh, approach with us. And honestly, if you're a nutritionist, you know, you, you may have already had your, your, your meeting with your nutritionist and it'll be interesting to hear what, what they did say, but you know, 50% from fat, 30 protein, 20 carbs. I like that. Um, especially for, for a fat loss p- plan. And that's 50% of calories from fat, 30% from protein. And that may seem like a lot of calories from fat, but there's a lot of research coming out now that, you know, fat is where it's at. Did I just make that up? <laughs> but um, awesome. So I guess what, what was the well, question? Well, should she be scared that her nutritionist is going to switch her macro ratio? I mean, it's ultimately it's up to you. You know, exactly. your, your nutritionist can make a recommendation. Yeah, but they're not the one putting the fork to your mouth. And if you you're, get to decide. And if you're losing weight, like you said, you already lost 45 pounds, then keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, clearly you don't if, have an issue if, if what you're doing is working. Yeah, so if you feel like you're hitting a plateau or something or, you know, you're, you know just because you're losing weight, you could be still hurting your health. Like I think there's this whole thing with people that they feel like if they're losing weight, they're getting healthier, which in most cases you are, but there's also ways where you can get, um, you can harm your health by doing too much like low calorie diets, starving yourself, but it doesn't sound like you're doing that. So I don't want to go off on that tangent. I think you're doing well. You say you're insulin resistant, which means that you don't process carbs very well. So that's why you're at a 20% of your calories at carbs, which is a good amount. 30% from protein, which is a good amount. 50 from fat. I like your approach. Um, Let me know what your nutritionist says about it. Yeah. If you could update us on what's happened since then, um, that would be awesome on our next show. And maybe if you have further questions we'd like to get into that but yeah you know I just think at the end of the day like you're the one who has to make the decision on what you're going to eat or not eat you can take your nutritionist advice you know with a grain of salt just like you're taking our advice like you don't have to do what we say either you know we're offering um, various opinions and our own experience on what might help you but at the end of the day what is gonna help you is what you actually put into action so do your thing you know, listen, what everyone has to say, and then make your own decision on what feels right for you. Okay, so this question is from Wicked Rios. Wicked Rios. How can I stop snacking on foods when I'm preparing food to eat? So when I cook my meals, I tend to eat while cooking, which I feel like I need to stop that. Also, thank you so much for the amount of advice you give me. No one is like the two of you. You actually want to help, which is amazing. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So, man, these last few uh, questions have had a nice little insert of nice comments in love. there for us. So, we're feeling the love thank you so we appreciate that so the, the answer to your question how can you stop snacking on foods when you're preparing <laughs> food which is actually a, <laughs> yeah. a lot of people have issues with this oh i know i know but it's a real thing <laughs> yeah but i mean the answer is stop feeding your face <laughs> like i don't know i don't like literally just put it down <laughs> yeah like, i don't know how else to say it but i will preface that with this that um sure you can add calories when you're doing that but if the foods that you're eating and you're preparing are healthy, you know, picking a little bit here and there is not going to blow out your calories or blow out your macro um, needs. So, like, I can see how that would be bad if you're, you know, you're snacking on potato chips while you're making or your chicken. Or, or like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, so, I mean, I wouldn't over freak out. I guess that if that's a word, over freak <laughs> out. 
<laughs> I would just be, you know, next time, just be aware, like mindful, like just yeah. like when you're preparing food, like if you're doing it, you're not even noticing that you're feeding your face, like just come back and just think, <laughs> what am I doing? Like you just have to be aware, like food, you can overdo it with certain types of like these trigger foods where one bite just leads to another, to another. If that's a trigger food, then you got to do something about it, like get it out or I have a couple of suggestions for you if you want to hear my take. Okay, I like um, to hear it. One is you can chug some water right before you go into the kitchen to, and you're about to cook. Just like down like a liter of water. That way your stomach will be more full and you won't feel as like ravenous. Like I need to eat this right now, you know. So you can focus on what you're preparing in a more relaxed way. Um, number two is you could cut up some of those free fibrous veggies, like we just kind of mentioned, like celery, um, slices of cucumber. You can have things on hand that are basically zero calorie foods that you can munch on because you just need something crunchy, you know? So if that's what the thing is, you just want like crunch in your mouth, mm -hmm. like just cut up little pieces of cucumber and then only grab from that bowl while you're cooking other stuff. Um, my third suggestion is to do your meal prep less frequently in bigger batches. So if you only have to cook and do your meal prep two times a week, then this isn't going to be as big of a problem for you as if you're cooking every day three times a day. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it's compiling just um, by how frequent it is probably and then pushing you into a surplus. But if you're only cooking on Wednesdays and Sundays and then the rest of the days you just have these pre-prepared meals, then you're less likely to munch and cook. Well, that was a better answer than I gave. Oh, well, well So thanks. I'm glad that you I gave. I gave you three action things yeah, that you can do. And I'm glad you gave those tactics. And it's just like sometimes when we get questions, you know, it basically comes down to becoming aware of what you're doing and just having willpower. And I know like when but it comes creative to... Creative solutions too. No, absolutely. But like when it comes to things like this, you know, you, you did give good ideas. But at the end of the, at the end of the day, you have to be responsible, realize what's happening and just stop doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always not a solution to certain things like, oh, I just can't stop eating potato chips. Well, if you want to make a change, you got to stop eating potato chips. Mm -hmm. You got to take ownership on it. So I would just put that out there. Just from my answer, I would just say be more mindful of what's going on while you're doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, mindfulness combined with creative tactics, I think, is absolutely what's going to get you past it. So, I mean, it's really hard, you guys, to just say, I'm going to have willpower and not do that. No. So you need to replace it with something or have some kind of strategy. Yeah. No, 100%. I'm not saying that it's easy. Mm -hmm. But, you know, living lean is not easy. Life is like, not life easy, is you guys. Not, if it was, <laughs> every thing. everybody would do it. Mm -hmm. So I just think people need to realize that, when you're making changes, especially to your health, it's not meant to be easy. No. It's going to challenge you. So you just kind of have to approach it with that. So if you're snacking on something and it's hard for you not to do it, it's not like you're the weirdo. It's hard for everybody to stop doing it. Yeah. But just be mindful of it and just try to be do the best you can. But seriously, kudos on the fact that you even like recognize that this could be a barrier to your weight loss. Because mm -hmm. I think a lot of people do that and don't even know they're doing it, first of all. And then second of all, don't know that it's a problem. So number one, that you even realize it needs to change is like the first step in making that change. And so now it's just a matter of like 
making it a habit that you don't do that. It's like it's just habitual that you mm-hmm. don't. I mean, I sometimes snack. Yeah, I mean, cooking. I do. I do too. Yeah. That's that's why I'm saying like this probably is not like a huge major issue. Right, and it's not like um, oh, if you want to live lean, you can never do that. Like mm-hmm. Brad and I do that. We're living yeah. lean, so it may not be the as big of a problem as you think it is. Yeah. But if you want to stop it, there are ways you can stop it. That was a. <laughs> that was an interesting way for us to answer that question. <laughs> we got passionate yeah. about snacking. Okay, we got one more question, guys. We're going to end off the show. This one's from Snapchat from Profit3. says, what are your thoughts on reverse pyramid training? Starting heavy, ending lighter. Did we have this question already? We, I'm, I think. I mean, we probably had every question three times yeah, by now. Yeah, but this one particular, I feel like I've answered it, and I said I do not think that's a good idea because you're not warmed up. Well, no. Unless like, you do a good warm-up. Well, no, like that, yeah. I mean, I... I understand the question uh, and within that question, it's a foregone conclusion that you warm up before doing this. Like, so yeah. So it's like you get your proper warm up in, you get the blood flowing, your joints are lubricated, like you're feeling good, but the first working set. Okay. So a working set is different than a warm up set. You go the heaviest. And the reason for that is because you really want to shock and fire up your central nervous system so that, because just think about it. Like when you lift something heavy and then you put it down and then you go and lift up something less heavy, that feels a lot less heavy than what it really is. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. reason is because your <laughs> yeah, because your nervous system is like jacked up from yeah. lifting up something heavy. So then by the end of your workout, you can lift an overall heavier load throughout the entire workout because mm-hmm. you fired up your, your central nervous system with that first lift. With that said, I don't follow that approach. Mm-hmm. Um, I do in some of my strength training programs. Like if you did my liveleanstrength.com program, you'd see a variation of that. But um, I still do prefer to work up to my heavy lifting sets. I am, you know, I'm 37 now, so I, I like to be very cautious with how I approach things, um, my overall health. And mobility is very important to me right now. So I do prefer to go the opposite approach where you you build up to it. But there is a place in training for what you're mentioning. Maybe depending on your goal or what you're hoping to accomplish with yeah. that style of training. But yeah. yeah, I think, you know, like everything in fitness, it can be dangerous. It also can be really um, beneficial. So if you it, get a good warm up. Yeah, it really depends on the way you're going about it and like how heavy are we talking about. Yeah. Like, But I do think that mentally this could be a trick to get you to go to a heavier weight than you would attempt if you knew you had to do multiple sets. Go to your dark place. Yeah, because, you know, if the program says three sets of 10, you're going to choose a weight that you know you can get through all of it. But if you are doing this, maybe you'll do your first set heavier than you would have ever tried Mm because you know you only have to do it once. All right, guys, that is it. That is another episode. That is number 61 here on the hashtag Ask Live Lean TV show. Woo! And uh, yeah. That was a fun one, guys. Thank you for those good questions. Yeah, good questions. Keep them coming in. So use hashtag Ask Live Lean TV on social media and tag us, and we'll answer your question on the show. And like we said in the beginning, guys, please do us a favor. Head on over to iTunes, Stitcher, wherever it is that you guys are listening, and rate and review our show. The more reviews we get, the more people we can reach. We really appreciate you guys listening. And I think that's it. Yeah. Also, if you um, could tag us on social media and let us know what you do while you're listening to these podcasts. I'm kind of curious, like, what are you doing right now? (laughs) (laughs) Let me know. All right, guys. We love you. And keep living lean. Living lean. Boy. Boy.
Damn, that's good. There you have it, guys. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot of this podcast on your phone, post it, and tag us at LiveLeanTV on your Instagram story right now. Also, if you're ready to invest in your health but just don't know where to start, head over to our website, LiveLeanTV.com, and take a simple four-question quiz and discover the best program for you based on your goals. So I'll leave you with this. Remember, your health, it's an investment. It is not an expense. You only have one body and you are in control of it. So take action and invest in yourself. You can do this and we're here to help. Thanks for listening and keep living lean.